Rochelle, hello. This is Richard Harry Edinburgh Fringe Podcast. As all the cool kids are calling it, Rehef. Fantastic. We've got some people in today. That's very nice to see. Apparently, there's um, there might be some roadworks going on outside, so that'll add some extra. I'll be heckled from outside the venue. <laughs> no, I had this last night. I, uh, my show, Talking Cox in Bristow Square. I had no idea how popular it was going to be. Um, even the people at eight thirty outside were cheering and just going crazy. At you. They weren't even they weren't even inside. That's how good it was. <laughs> this wall of cheering and singing. Oh, wow, I'm doing well tonight. <laughs> it's going pretty well. It might be. It might have been the Olympics. It might have been, it might have been the Olympics. Uh, so, it's quite a hard thing to cope with being heckled from outside the building. There are fireworks later on. It's like you kind of learn these skills as a comedian, but then they make it harder for you by digging up a road outside. That's, that's kind of quite hard to, uh, to deal with. So uh, today we're going to be a, a quiz where the people here today can win some stuff. I haven't given any tickets for other shows, but I'm going to give £20 in Scotch money. <laughs> only, you can only spend this in Scotland. It's not acceptable anywhere else. Uh, where did it go? All the, I'll go right on audiobook. Yeah, fans of that in? Edinburgh for everyone by Gary McInnes, an English-speaking guide to people learning English. Use funny the Scottish people in can have that. Um, uh, that's not as popular as uh, Andrew Collins. We'll be pleased to hear that. No cheer for you and McInnes. Uh, uh, what about Elliot Lyons, a very clever puzzle compendium? More popular than Andrew Collins. That's, that's good. That's good. And then Andrew Collins is back with uh, Collins and Herring Crime and Punishment. Uh, there's a, a Kevin Eldon and uh, uh, Simon Munnery DVD and a Stuart Lee uh, CD. Stuart Lee, the King, the, the Emperor of Edinburgh, the Evil Emperor, the Darth, <laughs> the Darth Vader of Edinburgh. I call him. <laughs> what would Judas do? Yeah. <laughs> should know all about that. So, um, <laughs> 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 but, uh, this, uh, this podcast is sponsored, I keep forgetting to say, by www.gofasterstrike.com, three W's, uh, <laughs> and I always say www. www.gofasterstrike.com, where you can buy all those DVDs and loads more, including some of mine. If you enjoy this at home and you're getting it for free and you're not coming up to Edinburgh, then why not go there and buy uh, anything you like? That would be fantastic. And if you're coming to Edinburgh, why not come and... See, the show's good when you're hearing it. It's exciting. You can actually smell me, can't you? <laughs> I'm smelling all right today. I've just, I, I did, I risked having a little quick shower. The, um, the, the heating in my flat's broken, which is fair enough, because I'm only paying £92.50 a day for it. So, you know, you can't expect that have hot water as well, can you? Uh, so, uh, well, I did manage to warm up some water and slightly douse myself. They should be fine. Malmaison, that is mate, smell that. Malmaison, I snicked that from Malmaison. I was staying in Newcastle Malmaison on the way up. It's a very nice hotel, the, the lifts speak to you in French. Do you know, have you ever stayed in the Malmaison, sir? Don't pull a face like that, like you're too, like you're too good for the Malmaison. You're not, good enough, you're not good enough for it. It's worth it. You can make it worth it if you go around in the morning and just steal loads of shampoo off the trolley. It's really nice. That's what I do. I used to be on TV. So, um, <laughs> I'm kind of fearful that they were. I'm kind of, as I was doing it, I went around about three times and stole literally six bottles of shampoo. It's really nice shampoo. Uh, I kind of thought, it'd be quite embarrassing if they've actually got like a closed circuit TV camera <laughs> when I get down to the. Get down to the. Thing. Yes, I saw you. We charged you for the shampoo. <laughs> anyway, so I smell nice today. I haven't been to the gym yet. I'm going. Do you want to come down to the gym with me afterwards? Do a bit of work, work out. <laughs> yeah, we can just take our shirts off. What's, what's your name? 
Neil. Neil's nice to meet you, Neil. Are you on, are you here on with together? Uh, yeah, you with, with these two guys. You're, sit, you're, sit, you're sitting quite a long away away from them. You see smells. What's your name? Paul. Paul. You've been to the podcast before, Paul. You look like a very typical um, <laughs> podcast listener. If I had to kind of squash them all together into one, <laughs> if you put all of the podcast listeners into like the fly teleporter, you would come out you know, <laughs> with a fly. There was one. There's a little bit of fly in there as well. What do you do? What do, you do? <laughs> That's a compliment, man. That's only that's that you're the archetypal Richard Harry fan, so that you should feel like a king now. Like just the lower king, I'm the king. So, um, what do you do for it? Do you work in IT, Paul? Do we just. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I turned into Doug Seagal. <laughs> yesterday's podcast. We've been having a few problems with the technical issues. Hopefully it's going to be alright. I'm recording this on my Tascam uh, and it's been recorded from the desk yesterday's for the audio files out there. I hate the disgusting those audio files. <laughs> what they do with audio. <laughs> Unbelievable. Some people are getting annoyed about the sound quality. Yesterday there was a there was a buzz all the way through yesterday's podcast from the desk. Hopefully we've sorted that out but we've got a backup. If anyone wants to record it on their phone, do feel free. Because we made, we made Colin the other day he was sitting where you are, was recording it. And if you want to, the, the second one now, there's two versions. There's a version with a strange Dalek-y one uh, that came through the desk, and there's the one that Colin did, which is quite good, because it's like, it's like a, a role-playing game where you are listening to podcasts from Colin's perspective. Because <laughs> when he speaks, it's really loud. I talk to him a little bit, and when he speaks, it's just like you could be inside the head of a gigantic nerd. I mean, I it's not a very good role-playing game for anyone who's listening to this. It's, oh, I can just be in the head of a different nerd. But, uh, that is fine. I'm sure I had some other stuff to talk about, but... Uh, yeah, come on, I want to think of some stuff later. So, um, I'm feeling quite buoyant, really. I've got, I went home last night after the gig straight away, because Bristow Square on a Saturday night is just disgusting. I mean, it's, this was 9.30 and it just was already just vomit and pretty much every bodily fluid. Thank God it rained today, it's mainly washed away. Uh, and just lots of drunk men shouting. Uh, so I went back home, thought I'd be good, but then I met three quarters of a bottle of wine on my own, so I got quite pissed. And my wife was out, it was kind of what, I ate a big bar of chocolate, some crisps. Uh, I thought I was being healthy. But anyway, we, our guest today is a fantastic new comedian. He was last year, he was on the stand-up spot, and now he's bumped up to the interview spot. That's what can happen. That's what can happen to the guests here. Uh, he likes wearing women's clothes, but, you know, that's all right, isn't it? Who doesn't? Do you like wearing women's clothes, Mr. I Hate Malmaison? <laughs> Only at weekends. So you prefer wearing women's clothes to stay at the Malmaison? <laughs> you should go and wear women's clothes at the Malmaison. It's, uh, the lift speak to him French is very sexy. It was a very rude couple who wouldn't let me out the lift. Uh, so, uh, will you please welcome the dripping Andrew O'Neill, ladies and gentlemen. Here he comes. Don't okay. be scared of him. He's got tattoos. He's a bit scary looking. Uh, the uh, never stick that in the middle, just in case. Um, well, that's very that's that's futuristic. That's the backup. It's not very interesting people at home. You've got a, there's a gorilla clamp. There. You're correct. That I think is they're gorilla. great. Yeah, they are good. They, they, they model it, because of course, in the 70s, you would just have to have a gorilla's hand. <laughs> <laughs> and with, with rigor mortis. The reason I got that is because last year I used the Tascam as a backup and put it on that table there. 
and then at the end of the thing, the two men came up to do the quiz, and one of them knocked it off and smashed the Tascam to pieces. And it worked for about another three months, and then this is my second Tascam. I like your use of the proper noun as well. Thank you. Are you calling it the Tascam? The Tascam. <laughs> I feel like I'm the, do I'm the doctor from Doctor Who. It's, <laughs> it's the Tascam. It's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. It's exactly the size you would expect on the inside. <laughs> relative but to it can stomach. hold loads of sounds inside it. <laughs> More sounds than you would imagine would fit in there. Anyway, Andrew, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, what's, uh, what's you, uh, people may not be aware of you. Mm. You've worked with Stuart Lee. I've we worked with him Stuart on Lee, the yeah. uh, comedy vehicle mm -hmm. on the red button extras. The red right? button, yeah. So uh, eight people watched it. Yeah. <laughs> and they've all come to my show eight times as well. <laughs> but it's quite funny because exactly, you're talking about your time of fan and exactly to at least half a fan because they're all really nervous talking to me because I've been on the telly sort of and they've got no social skills so I go like, you were really good on the thing like what thing oh, oh, the Stuart thing okay thank you and then they run away terrified <laughs> so you've been doing stand up for quite well why you were 10 years you were sort of just uh, getting established as I came back into it I used to do gigs for you at your mm. scary little because you, you're quite an unusual looking, let's try and paint an audio picture of you. You know Marek Larwood, but uh, you are uh, freaky, freaky looking. Freaky uh, you, I mean, you've chosen to do these things to yourself. You're a, you're a, normal, you're a normal looking man. But I've got quite a pointy face. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, let's, I don't want to just turn, because yesterday I just talked about Marek's googly eyes for the, and he got upset and it was, it was awkward. Uh, so I don't want to turn this into me just picking on the physical abnormalities of my game. You've got long hair, you've got quite a lot yeah. of tattoos. Yes. What, there's one of uh, Christopher Lee. That's uh, Peter Cushing. Same thing. Uh, I took a punt. <laughs> one of the Dracula blokes. Yes. Uh, and uh, so, uh, and you, you're, in, you're in a band. I'm in a steampunk band, right. which is uh, uh, quite often people go, oh, what's steampunk? It's not a thing. No. <laughs> so it's right. Steam, yeah, I'm in a band called The Men That Will Not Be Blamed For Nothing. Basically, steampunk is a is a kind of geeky uh, subculture. It's based on um, sort of Victorian sci-fi. It's kind of anachronistic Victorian fiction. Right. So what if the Victorians had computers or spaceships or whatever? Yeah. And uh, they didn't know, did they? Uh, no, it's they didn't. No, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's fiction. It's the, very, it's the fiction part of science fiction. Cool, cool. And uh, yeah, and, and uh, a subculture grew up around it, and people do things like modifying laptops to look like they were made by Victorians. Yeah, but like, not working. That sort of thing. <laughs> not, you can't plug it in. And uh, it's like this podcast, basically. <laughs> the, way, the way this podcast is recorded by Victorian technology that doesn't work. That, the name of your band is a quote that was some graffiti written on the wall by one of Jack the Ripper's murders, yes. more or less. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Jews are the men that will not be made for nothing. Which yeah. of the Jews put off? Yeah, it's good. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> they misspelled Jews. And I know a little bit about that, this, because mm. I think that's quite... Oh, well, but next to one of the victims, I don't know which one it was, I'm not obsessed. Uh, the <laughs> Jews, J-U-W-E-S, yeah. they spelt it are the men who will not be blamed for nothing. And, then, and the thing is, the actual graffiti is, the Jews are the men that will not be blamed for nothing. There's, <laughs> yeah. a, there's a grammatical error in it, yeah. which we have continued, yes. and which people still try and correct. They're <laughs> <laughs> trying to correct a 130-year-old grammatical error. But it's a confusing piece of graffiti, because is it it's supporting the Jews, maybe? Yeah. It's, they're it the be, men who will not be blamed for nothing. It's, there, there are loads of... Cause with everything in Jack the Ripper, there are hundreds <laughs> of competing theories. And it's, yeah, is it, is, it, is it a Jew that wrote it, like, you can't pin anything on us, the Jews are the men who will not be blamed for nothing? or is it anti-Semitic and uh, what it was it was the night of the double event so when he killed um, Elizabeth Stride and Catherine Evans I did my first solo show was called Winston Churchill with Jack the Ripper that's right it was um, and uh, uh, so I, yeah that's what kind of where my interest in the, in the Ripper came from 
And yeah, it was a piece of graffiti written on a doorway, uh, and underneath it was a piece of Catherine Eddowes apron. It's on Goulston Street. Yeah. So people go, oh, so why did the Ripper write that? Why did he, you know, what did he mean? My theory is that the Ripper didn't write it. Yeah. He was busy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it just happens because the thing is, Victorian London, there's graffiti everywhere. There's chalk graffiti absolutely everywhere. It's yeah. like, oh no, there's a, this is below a tag. Clearly, the murderer wrote that tag. Well, no, there's nothing to suggest it. But everything with the Ripper has been raked over again and again and again. And, yeah. you know, the actual meaning is kind of completely it's lost. Very interesting, and it's turned into an interesting discussion about that. <laughs> you, Michael, I, I have a joke in uh, my show, Talking Cock, where I call the penis Jack the Dripper. <laughs> uh, and a woman, a woman emailed me to complain saying it was uh, outrageous that I was referring to Jack the Ripper who killed loads oh, of women. Well, so in, in, <laughs> I say you've got to kind of read into that quite heavily to think that that's me that's being supportive of Jack the Ripper. <laughs> what, what I found amazing, when I did, so I did the show, seven years ago, eight years ago, The Underbelly, and uh, the show's called Winston Churchill was gathered up. It's fairly clear what that show's about. It's a show about murder, right? And in that show, I didn't just talk about him. I talked about other murderers. So I talked about uh, uh, Ian Huntley's rubbish lies. Uh, so Ian Huntley was not only evil, but a really shit liar. Um, it's kind of like uh, uh, Frank Spencer, oh, I fell over and they died. Sort of and, uh, you know, he ran a bath because he had to wash his dog, and I tripped and fell and she drowned. And then, you know, and then I put my hand over the mouth of the other one to stop her screaming, lost track of time. That's genuinely his excuse. And then I realised she was dead, right? So, which is, it's, it's horrible subject matter, but what I'm trying to do is go, he's a fucking, not only is he evil, but he's a ridiculous figure yeah. for suggesting that, yeah, oh, don't let me look after your kids, I'll only kill them. <laughs> and, uh, and so, and, but the thing is, and I try to deal with, with the actual murders sensitively because I get really fucked up. Like, in doing my research for the show, I, I went around the, the London Dungeons Ripper thing, and that's full on, blah, 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 yeah. he might get you. So <laughs> it's really, uh, uh, blimey, what we got is a woman's guts. <laughs> and it's so, and the murders, you know, it, because Jack the Ripper's so, so kind of part of, of popular culture, it's kind of got this kind of Robin Hood sort of mythical <laughs> thing about it. But actually, there are photographs of the dead bodies. Yeah, yeah. It's the most, uh, the, you know, the picture of, uh, of Mary Kelly. It's the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. So when I dealt with each of the murders, I kind of, and it's one of the most successful things about that show, was, was I managed to switch between going, this is what happened, and then very slowly ramp back up into the comedy and, and hopefully not, not make light of the actual murders. Anyway. So I did this thing about Ian Huntley, saying he was not only stupid, but not only evil, but also massively stupid. And about 10 minutes afterwards, these two middle-aged women got up with tears in their eyes and went, we live near Soham. <laughs> right. Not in Soham, not we knew them. We live, our geographical location makes us especially sensitive. And, and I said, well, look, you, sorry, you've come to a show about a horrible murderer. And I said, and she, hey, how dare you talk about those girls? How dare you talk about those girls? Went, it's a show about, what about the, the women? And they went, Oh, that was years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a line in the show saying, if you want to be a well-regarded murderer, there are three rules. One is commit your murders a long time ago. <laughs> and, uh, so, and then, and then uh, again, I did, um, I did one in, in Belfast, in the same show in Belfast, and after the Swiss woman came out, and how dare you talk about that? How dare you talk about that? And I went, well, it's a show about murderers. It's a show about murder. You know, what about talking about the women? She went, they were prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's, even when you've got a show that's explicitly about yeah. a, a horrible murderer, 
Don't talk about the other murders. <laughs> <laughs> there should be a clue. I mean, but people. I mean, people do get upset about uh, about everything, and uh, you know, if you're joking about subject, some people don't like you. See, I made a joke about audio files. Right, essentially, I'm making a joke about paedophiles there. So some people, <laughs> it, that is the joke. The joke yeah. is I'm comparing audio files yeah, to paedophiles. Yeah. So if you're going to get upset, if you're going to say there are just some subjects you can't joke about, then then you kind of get to a point where you're boxed into a corner and you actually can't joke about anything Absolutely. because someone will find a way to turn it into. I, and and there are funny things about everything. There's a similar. There's when I was at university, there was a uh, there was a girl, bloke who killed his girlfriend and, and hid her under some floorboards. Mm. But then his his terrible cover was then to get the train home and then sort of write her a letter that basically was, Dear Jane, it was great when I last saw you and you were alive. <laughs> <laughs> it was more or less that, you know. You've got to remember how yeah. alive you looked. I, I loved the way you were breathing and blinking and stuff. And you, you might as well, rather than do that, you might as well just go, oh, look, it was me. Let's, let's cut to the chase. Rather than do a terrible thing, so there are there's always humour in, in, in you know that's not you laughing at the absolutely uh, you know and quite the opposite obviously in that absolutely case. but uh, it is I mean it's a difficult thing to it's a difficult line to tread so what's this year's show this year's show is called Andrew O'Neill is easily distracted and we've yeah. just kind of proved the point yeah um, <laughs> I have uh, for, for the whole of my life uh, uh, been massively massively easily distracted and uh, 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 f- a few years ago my friend Matty told me I had uh, ADD she's got attention deficit disorder. <laughs> And she's quite fond of diagnosing people with various <laughs> mental illnesses she's got. And, she's, uh, and, and I looked into it, and I have all the symptoms. And, uh, and then recently it's been getting worse. And so I did um, a series of online tests when I should have been working. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my favourite thing in the whole show is genuinely that there's, there's, there are loads of these online tests for ADHD. And I've, I've got, I think it's ADHD I've got. They're, they're, they're different and they, they're yeah. kind of different behaviours. And the kind of slightly manic nature of the way my brain works is the kind of hyperactivity bit. And according to the online test, 85, 90, 95% sort of uh, uh, hit rate, I've, I've basically got it. Uh, but my favourite thing, there's, there's one test, and it's the most definitive one, the one that seems to be, I think it's, uh, I can't remember the URL, it's like a charity that deals with that stuff. And there's a really comprehensive test, about 50 questions. There's also on the same site a special short version. <laughs> <laughs> so if you take that one, you've basically got it straight away. That's what I'm saying. If you have selected this one, you have got it. Uh, yes, well, I'm, not, I'm surely a lot of comedians are, are, are in that arena. I think aren't they? so. Yeah, and, and it is looking through the list of things you go, and that's that's all my mates. That <laughs> yeah. And it's it, it's it's interesting because the thing about ADHD is that you, um, it's not just that you can't concentrate on anything. When you're interested in something, in actual fact, you're kind of more likely to be slightly obsess over it. Yeah. So, like, if you if if there's a book you're into, you'll read it right to the end, and and. It's, it's, it's the difficulty in concentrating on things that aren't absolutely fascinating. So, for example, when I learned the guitar, um, I sort of started, I wanted to learn the theory, but I was just going to go, that's fucking boring. I'm going to try and play another Metallica riff. And, uh, <laughs> like, with, with physics, I, 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 like my G, I did really well at GCSE, and then at A-level, I was playing the guitar and, and dicking about doing comedy on a camera, both of which I now do for a living, so I did all right. Um, but, like, with physics A-level, it's basically like applied maths. So I like the theories, and when it's explained to me in the theory, and I was in the top set with all the guys that went on to be doctors and that, and they'd explain it in, in words, and I'd go, oh yeah, cool, and they'd go, I don't get it, I don't get it. And I'd sort of explain it to them, and then you'd go, it can be expressed in this equation, and that was like a standby button for my brain. Yeah. So you went, <laughs> no interest, because it's not the theory. And then they'd all go, oh, now we get it. So yeah, as soon as, like, basically, 
in any given subject, I'll, I'll skim the surface and learn the ideas, and then anything deeper, I'm going to go. I'm going to go and eat a banana. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think there's maybe there's something in? I think in coming up with comedy, a lot of it is almost about being distracted, isn't it? It's almost Absolutely. like yeah. so it's sort of shooting off at a tangent and seeing something, you know, yeah. that in something. I mean, Dara Breen talks about it being like in. Um, when you have comedy, people say, how do you get your comedy, your comedy ideas, which is a very hard thing to do, yeah. to explain. But Dara Breen talks about that bit in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where they discuss about flying is basically falling and then getting distracted. Yeah. And you forget that you're falling and then you start flying. Yeah. And like comedy, it's sort of like that, that the, the best jokes will suddenly sort of zoom into your head because you've, you're totally. thinking about something else and then two worlds collide with each other and it creates a joke. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. possibly why. And, that, <coughs> and I think um, sometimes when you see people who have got like a level of application, there are, there are quite a few comics who, who aren't naturally funny. Offstage are not funny at all, but they work really hard at it and they've got the... You know, I would actually suggest Jimmy Carr is a good example of that. Yeah. He's not a particularly naturally funny bloke. He's incredibly hard working. He was a businessman before he started yeah. and he's just like, I'm going to work out how to be funny. And their, their jokes seem to be kind of, you know, almost formulaic, A to B to C. Yeah. Whereas my favourite comics are generally the ones that... There's, there's a kind of chaos, like Simon Munnery. Yeah. There's a chaos to the way he comes up with stuff, and it's yeah. kind of it's rough around the edges, and, and that's and that, yeah, I think that is any kind of proper creative process involves smashing two ideas together and seeing what happens. Yeah. That's, that's, that's interesting. So what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> funny, it's interesting. It don't have to be, it doesn't have to be funny. Fuck you off. Break it's, all your, it's, show, it's show four. Fuck it. You should break all your podcasts on yeah. into yeah. funny yeah. and yeah. level yeah. of interest. Yeah. And then yeah. then yeah. We're never going to get ten out of ten on both. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> do go. We'll see. I'm going to find the comedian who can do that. <laughs> what um, what proper jobs have you had? Have you have you a comedian who's just because I just went straight from university right. to being a comedian, so I've. I worked, real world I worked in retail. I worked in uh, when I was doing my A levels. I did. I worked in Dixon's in Sutton, um, Sutton High Street, South London. Yeah. Incredibly shit job. Full on. One of my jobs was uh, was being on the returns counter after Christmas. <laughs> uh, you imagine Sutton High Street, the most. It's weird because like my biggest argument against racism is Sutton High Street. <laughs> um, it's very very white, and it's the most small minded. It's the most Sutton is the most small minded place in, I've ever been to in the whole world. I've been to um, I've been to the Midwest in America. I've been yeah. like Adelaide in Australia, which is so sort of. Bland. But it's nothing on Sutton. Like literally, we're in this, but we go, oi mate, where's the Fucking funeral! <laughs> wearing two black things. <laughs> I, it's, it's just full on, like, you know, like cross dressing in most places, a bit kind of all oh, fucking hell. But in Sutton, it's like long hair. It's, oi, mate! You got long hair? That's, that's exactly what girls do. <laughs> like, do you like the Beatles? Yeah, until they all turned into women. <laughs> were you brought up in Sutton or were you, were you yeah, just there? Yeah, I was brought up in Wallington, so it's right. between Sutton and Croydon. And Croydon's a little bit more, because it's a little bit more multicultural, it's yeah. a little bit more open-minded, but Sutton, it's all the it's a bit like kind of Essex, but it's all like, it's builders and like, like that kind of aspirational, lower middle class kind of like, I ain't got any style, but I've got quite a lot of money. And, uh, <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's so horrible. And so yeah, this, this one Christmas, I was on the returns count and just these absolute, like the most kind of, you know, Neanderthal people coming and going, this thing doesn't work. All right, well, we'll have a look at that. And this bloke, this bloke came in one day and he bought like a 30 pound, you know those micro hi-fis, all the rage in the 90s. Everything had <laughs> like a tiny thing and then two tiny speakers. And he came in and went, I bought this mate, it doesn't work. I'm like, okay, uh, well, I'll, he goes, so what's wrong? It skips, okay. So uh, he put it on the counter, we did what we call a soak test. So he just basically put it on until it goes wrong. Like, it seems to be alright, and he goes, no, 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 no. Like that. So I'm like, well, it will skip if you do that. And well, it's not good. I'm like, well, you 
To be honest, you've spent 30 quid <laughs> on a hi-fi. Um, I bought a couple for the boys, like, you know, when they run down the stairs, I love it. When they run down the stairs, like, it skips. I go, well, that's, it's, not, it's not a fault with it. It's, it's kind of within the, the bounds of what a 30-pound hi-fi is supposed to be able to maintain. It's going, well, all right, well, uh, uh, tell you what, take it back, and, uh, and I'll, I'll buy a better one. I'm like, okay, reasonable. Have you got the, um, the packaging? No. Right, so you're suggesting we buy it back off you. It's going, what, all that over a fucking bit of sponge? And uh, that's, it's not sponge, is it, styrofoam? It's like, kind of like, you know, someone says that, like, when they, when they call, like, a, a ticket a chit, you know, kind of like, it makes my teeth spin around. And, um, oh, and, and then you, I'll get the manager. All right, I'll get the manager. He'll say the same thing. The manager went, yeah, we can't buy it back. And then I boxed it back up for him and I went, do you want me to put a bit of tape on the top? Well, you can shove up your ass, mate. <laughs> and the woman goes, he's all right. Oh, we're all the fucking same. And it was just, we'd have people shouting in the middle of the shop, don't shop here! Don't, they rip you off! Don't shop here! No, what happens is if you drop your printer on the way out, we won't give you a new one, you know? And then... Then I went to university, I worked in yeah, just retail. Like, I'd, I'd spent a, 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 a whole summer cleaning a factory roof. Nice. Which is why when any comedian says comedy's hard, I tell them to fuck right <laughs> off. So <laughs> you moaning about it on Twitter, oh, it's hard. No, it's lonely sometimes, and it's a long commute, but it's not anything approaching a real job. When you've, spe- when you've literally spent the summer, you have to construct your own scaffold, right? And in the, middle, in the middle of the factory, there's not enough scaffolding for you to put a safety rail around, right? And you've got to literally clean 30 years of industrial grime off the inside of a ceiling. Jonglers bow is not... Please, <laughs> Duke, at the end of the day, you can look at what you've done and go, look, that piece of roof is clean. Like, so, abso- <laughs> so absolutely true. You can literally see your day's work. Yeah. Well, um, I, want, I once helped my friend build a patio, and that was the happiest day of my... Because <laughs> <laughs> I could look and go, I laid those two bits absolutely, of stone down, absolutely. and every time I go around his house, I go, I did that. There's something I actually did that <laughs> might true. be there in 50 years' time. Absolutely. There's something so ephemeral about what we do. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, you know, that's why, like, I, I'm now uh, trying to uh, put CDs out and that sort of thing, because it's having, like, a dog, because in my band, we've released three records, I go, yeah, there's my body of work, with this, I'm like, I've got some posters, <laughs> some mediocre reviews, you know. <laughs> I quite like about Edinburgh, because every day I walk past Greyfriars Bobby, which is, you know, the little statue of the little dog yeah. from the 19th century that's stayed on his owner's grave, and I kind of think, however famous you get in Edinburgh, <laughs> you won't be as famous as, in a hundred years' time, that dog will still be there, yeah. <laughs> you're not as famous as a dog who, who didn't actually do anything he sat what he did was sit on a grave and he's more famous than you will ever be so I think that's kind of worth remembering yeah. as we're working away and, and so what about why do you dress up like a lady sometimes what's that it's about absolutely brilliant I think it's strange because men have men's clothes, right? and then ladies dressing. That's how you can tell sometimes. You can tell. I've got long hair, right? If I wore a dress, people might think I was a lady. They, often, they, they often do. <laughs> I get mistaken as a by, as a lady uh, in kind of a Benny Hill kind of way. Yeah. I, mean, again, from a, I mean, like I don't know how, what kind of. I mean, I'm going to be a very very attra- unattractive lady even from behind. Often, often Asian. When I'm in Asian countries or on Asian people think I'm a woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think you've grown into your look. I genuinely yeah. think that you you suit you. You know, when you're what 
you, when did, how long ago did you do your fuck home 40 show? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, was, that was projecting into the future. I was 25 when I did that show. Uh, I'm 45 years old. I, th- I, th- I think ago. you suit 45 more than you suited, you know, being sort of in your 20s. I think yeah, there's, no, a, that, there's a promo picture of you. I think you look like a, a, a medieval king in a Disney film. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're doing that, and you look a little bit like I turn up, right, from the future, and you wouldn't trust me, but then I'd make you laugh, and you'd go, ha, 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 come and dine with us. That's, I think that's what you look like now. Yeah. I think you should wear ermine more. <laughs> but I, like, so why am I a transvestite? Well, it's, yeah. a, it's a brain fuck up, basically. That comes, that's what it comes down to. And, and uh, sort of boiling it down, there's a, there's a fuck up in my, in my brain where, whereby I, I want to turn myself into what I find attractive. One of the, one of the only, only ways I can genuinely feel attractive is by representing something I find attractive. That's kind of where it comes from. And uh, the vast majority of transvestites are men. Uh, 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 straight rather men yes also <laughs> but, um, are, are straight men but they all keep it a secret because you know uh, society sees it as a gay thing and the reason they say it's a gay thing is because the gay ones tend to be out about it because they're not worried about the fact that society sees it as a gay thing they're not worried <laughs> people think they're gay because they are gay and uh, so when I was uh, uh, 19 I was at university and I was reading uh, like when it is I came out because I, I grew up thinking does this mean I'm gay because it only seems to be gay men that do it like you know whether it's boy George or whatever I think does this mean I'm gay and I'm like oh no I don't fancy guys that's going to make being gay really difficult you know it's going to let people down and um, so uh, and then Eddie Izzard came along and all of a sudden I had a role model because I loved comedy and he's, he was a straight transvestite doing it in a fairly blokey way didn't adopt a persona didn't change his voice you know didn't didn't, pr- didn't try and look like a woman. He just kind of wore what suit him. Unfortunately, he's kind of now gone the other way. And uh, But, you know, when he first came out, when his, when his first sort of two or three videos came out, I thought, that's what I am. That's, yes, that's it. And it took me years to then come out. Um, and, uh, and I was terrified of the idea uh, of anyone knowing. I thought it would be the biggest deal. I thought it would be, you know, and, and I told my best friend, after a couple of days of trial, I've got something to tell you, all right. And uh, he went, all right. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> quite disappointed. There wasn't more. Because I think when you're young, you do. Th- I mean, I, I think that's the problem. When you're when I was twenty mm. and I wanted to do comedy, people say write what you know, and I'd go, but nothing funny's happened to me, and not, you know, there's, I've got nothing to write about. And now I can write about. There's loads of things that when I was twelve, <laughs> <laughs> twenty, goes, why didn't I write about that and write about that and yeah, write about yeah. that? But it's because I was too embarrassed to right. to admit even like tiny little things in you know that, that might be about sexual peccadilloes or just just anything that's personal so you do, I think you get older and you do kind of go oh what well, doesn't matter absolutely and luckily I think the society has changed well, to it, the extent that it is totally. that people can pretty much do what they want and since I came out so I, you know I, I, I started kind of telling people about it for, for a good year before I started actually doing it in public and then uh, <laughs> and yeah since since the late 90s when I first started doing it there's been real genuine progress. I get less shit on the street for it now, and I think it's partly because I do it better. <laughs> <laughs> and some of that shouting might have been actually reasonable sartorial comment. <laughs> <laughs> Oi, mate, that's really not working for you. You've got to think about your own body shape, not the body shape you wish you had if you were a woman. <laughs> oh, right, okay. And, um, <laughs> so I didn't listen. I was like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> do what I want. Um, but I mean, you know, I, I've had some fairly serious stuff. No, nothing approaching violence, but um, you know, once on my birthday, I, I, I live in North London. I, at that point, I was living in Camden. And Camden's one of the most open-minded places. But uh, two, it, weirdly, on one road crossing, two women, separate from each other, out of earshot to each other, said, "You're disgusting," directly into my face. 
uh, which is, you know, slightly spoiled my birthday. <laughs> um, but on the whole, it is that thing where people go, oh, you look, like, kind of trying to do it well. People go, oh, you, actually, you, you look all right, you know, because I'm not a drag queen and I don't wear, I've got to a point where hopefully I wear stuff that suits me, you know, I'm a, I'm a skinny man. And so I, you know, women wear what, what suits their body shape and, and most transvestites don't because most transvestites do it in secret and they're like, you know, that's why they dress up as their mum or, you know, or dress up their mum's corpse. Um, uh, you know, that kind of, uh, my mum's alive. She's, I mean, she, she's, I keep her in the cellar. I keep her fed, but she is alive. Um, so yeah, so it's, 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 it's really not the big deal people, uh, people think it is. I mean, it's interesting doing it in stand-up. Um, I had a thing in, in Adelaide last year, I was doing it, I did a late show, and everyone was absolutely storming it, and, and it's beautiful, I mean, the Rhino Rooms in Adelaide, it's a gorgeous venue, one of my favourite venues in the world, and, uh, and I went on, I'm like, oh, this is going to be great, and I just kind of belted out a few of my kind of greatest hits, you know, and the audience is just, nothing, just no laugh, like, what the fuck, these are good, you know, like, like shaking a, a light bulb to see if the filament's gone, these jokes, these jokes were working this morning, and then I went, oh yeah, oh, uh, Travi, and they went, ah, oh, I'm relaxed, <laughs> There's a full-on elephant in the room. <laughs> I, I find it in, like, if I do like a jonglers or highlight, um, these kind of like, you know, slightly more aggressive weekend clubs, it actually goes better if I cross-dress. Yeah. And then, you know, my, my opening line generally is, what the fuck are you wearing to a bloke in the front row? <laughs> oh, he knows, okay. So you, do, <laughs> you play those clubs a lot, because your, your yeah. act is quite uh, esoteric and yeah. unusual. So you, do, you go, do, you do, do you have a club set, or do you do the sort of stuff you do in your lives? It's, it's slightly more straightforward. There's, yeah. there's, there's, there's fewer kind of non-sequiturs. The subject matter's all the same. You know, the way I go about making jokes, I still go on and sing a stupid song to start with yeah. about painting a bus black and it becoming hot in the sunshine. And, uh, <laughs> but I like those gigs. And I've, I've always seen stand-up as uh, going into a room of people who don't know who you are and, and making them put themselves laughing. Yeah. I've always, that's what I, you know, I was kind of growing up in the 80s and 90s. That, that was the, my notion of being a stand-up. And, uh, and, and I always want to have a foot in them. I mean, I, I tour my solo shows, and that's when, like, you know, this show is probably the weirdest thing I've done stylistically. It's, and I really like it. It's got loads of surreal stuff, loads of non. There's a really extended mime. It's just <laughs> annoyingly long. And, uh, and, and, it's, and it's all kind of working. But I, I think that doing those clubs is where I learn how to sell those ideas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I find that because if I cross dress in one of those, they go, "All oh, right, easy, Tranny. All right, easy." If I don't, they're like, "What is he?" Because <laughs> I'm a metal head, and they're like, "But you know," and I, they know I look weird, but they can't put it in a box. Yeah. So it's, it's which is partly why you know you, you get that kind of caricature version of like, like say, gay comics will often go on and, and be really gay on stage because the audience go, oh, "Okay, we we understand yeah. that. We're familiar with that." Again, you've been very interesting. My mother-in-law, Richard, is so fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she really yeah. is. It's, it's my mother-in-law's mother quite thin. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really, really thin, actually. Uh, but, um, no, but it, I think that's... I think when I came back doing stand-up, I, I literally would go out and just do any club that... Yeah. that would take me and I would do, and nobody knew who I was in these clubs yeah, yeah. and I was doing really odd stuff and I think you do end up you A have to cope with what's getting chucked you have to cope with the audience not getting it yeah. so when I did someone like Joggart which was all these kind of strange routines they kind of built up by me going to do 20 minute spots in clubs not yeah, yeah. to my audience yeah. and then having to make those routines work and, then when, and so it's kind of an odd thing when you do start then just playing to your own audience and don't go and do those weird gigs yeah. that you kind of lose track of how funny you are but also there's no, there's nothing to 
grind against you. I'd have to create Absolutely. something. I guess like Stu tries to tries to make to, to divide his audience into two, even though they all really love him. He tries, <laughs> yeah. he tries to make out some of them don't love him enough in the right way. <laughs> so he, t- he turns his audience into it's up that, to, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he um, <laughs> I, yeah, and I, I think you can, there's a lot of like proper famous comics you can trace the point at which they started playing to their own audience because yeah. they stopped being funny. Eddie Izzard's back on track now, but for several years he really wasn't very funny. Because he went on and went, hello, and everyone, ah! <laughs> he just said hello in a funny way, didn't he? Yeah. He's really good. <laughs> it is it's true. It's true. It's, it's, it's a very good point. I think it's, it's, it's true that you've, uh, you know, you, it, I, you, I still will find you do a gig to an audience that have no idea who I am. I'm mm. in the lucky position they can do that. Where you, you know, where you, you do, and it, but it's really satisfying to know to go somewhere else or go just to a club that isn't your usual club. But a lot of comedians, I think, would tend to think as I would. I'm not going to do jonglers or highlights because these people won't get me. They're not. They're also, they're, they're just not as bad as people make out. They can be. Like towards Christmas, it can be really horrible. Yeah. Because they're not interested in comedy. That's the big thing. But my thing with jonglers and highlights, it mainly depends on who the compare is and how they're comparing. So when I do highlight, I compare. So I go on and I'm a weirdo, and they go, "All oh, right, the the compare is a weirdo. This club <laughs> has employed a weirdo as their official man. You know, and that and it sets the tone for it." Um, but if you're playing to an audience who've never seen comedy before, so you can set the agenda. You can go on and go, yes, yes, this is what's happening. They go, oh, right, okay. And then, you know, and then if you're, if you're good with a, with a sort of heckle put down. <laughs> 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 he's not, he's not. He's either offended or really into it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he's going to come out of there dressed in uh, blonde wig. <laughs> <laughs> And at last I can be me, thank you, Andrew Neil. Okay. I get quite a lot of, in my shows, when I'm talking about transvestism, I observe a certain amount of visible nudging. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, but people, people, it's nice, people do sort of get in touch with me. Um, I write a blog on, on transvestism as well, it's called Gender Spastic. Uh, that's the term I prefer. Uh, and, uh, uh, and yeah, and people do sort of go, you know, thank you for... Like I'm, I'm now one of two heterosexual transvestites <laughs> in the public eye. It's, well, there's Grayson Perry, who's on a slightly yeah. different tip. He's a genius, but he's on a very different tip. Brian, there's Brian Molko, who's bisexual. Oh, so yeah. it's basically me and Eddie Izzard and Richard. Yeah. Um, well, like, it's funny because when I was on my way up to Edinburgh, I was, I was in Cardiff for a few days and then Newcastle, and I packed all my men's pants in my <laughs> suitcase. And they were, I didn't want to get out of the car because the car was laden down. And for a few days, I just wore no pants. Yeah. And then one day I thought, why don't I ask my wife if I can wear some of her pants? Yeah. And then I thought, no, nah, that'd be really weird. So I didn't. <laughs> but, you know, so I could nearly, I can, you know, I can, I, I went a certain distance with you. I thought it'd be odd wearing women's pants, wouldn't it? They wouldn't. You opened really, your mind to it, didn't you? They would. I opened up, and I thought, then I discounted it. Why not? Just <laughs> really strange. There is a practice. Um, <laughs> it wouldn't hold you. Uh, no, balls I don't in. wear women's pants. Wouldn't the old, it's the not, old, yeah. I've got big balls I have there. Yeah. <laughs> You're not telling me the other day you've got one big ball. <laughs> I did once wear a pair of back to front women's pants um, right. when I went to um, I went to when I was doing Twelve Tasks of Hercules Terrace. I uh, was doing I tried to emulate the modern day kind of Hercules things, mm. and I decided I didn't want to kill any animals or anything. So in fact, someone suggested, "Why don't you go?" Someone was saying, "Why don't you go and run with the bulls?" Because that's a difficult thing to do, and I didn't right. want to do that. And then someone said, "Why don't you go and protest against the running of the bulls?" Which happens a, a week before. Uh, and the idea is everyone runs through the streets naked of Pamplona yeah. to complain about the, the unfair running with the bulls thing in Spain. You know? They run with the bulls as no, well. The bulls aren't there. Because <laughs> that would be cruel against the bulls. They're yeah. trying to say this is wrong, what's going to happen in a week is wrong. Right. But when we got there, the authorities wouldn't let us wear 
uh, wouldn't let us be naked. We had to wear pants, mm -hmm. and we had to wear white pants. And I didn't. I hadn't brought any white pants. You had to me. wear white pants. Yeah. Well, that, that was the authorities. Well, I think that was the decision. <laughs> I think that was the decision of the, the protesters. Right. That, that, and but I didn't have any white pants, so a lady lent me her pants, uh, and I put them on. And it didn't. They, they, the right way around. They were. Oh, they, you know, there was a lot. Do the job, well, it was. It, there was. You know, it's like it, it, talk about the elephant in the room. There was the trunk, there was the ears. <laughs> but then I put them on back to front. And it, more, it kind of worked. The back, the woman's bum yeah. is the same size as my genitals. <laughs> so, you know, so I do actually, I was taking the piss, but I kind of do know what it is. I know exactly what it is well, to be you. There are, there are, there are several, there are several comics. There it's good as long as there's loads of naked, topless women running around you, then it's quite good. <laughs> so they were allowed to be topless? And I think they had to cover up, but a few of them were a bit naughty. And, you wow. know, I saw like at least three naked breasts for Did free. You? Didn't have to pay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was all like vegans and stuff. I had to, I had to pretend to be vegan, and I wasn't. Right. I, I, wasn't even, I wasn't even a vegetarian. <laughs> actually, I actually, because I got ill, because I've been doing. It was a terrible time for me. The the, the Hercules show. I got. Ill. I went on fifty dates in fifty days, mm. and got and just drank every night and got a very bad urinary infection. Hopefully from the drinking, <laughs> and, uh, but possibly not. And so I travelled to Spain in this bus with all these vegans, and I was just and That's I couldn't smelly I couldn't urinate, it? and I was in absolute pain if I urinated, and I was just awful. And then I thought I can't take that. It was like twenty six thousand a bus it took because they wow. went in the wrong direction, <laughs> uh, and I thought I can't do that back. So I had to go to a better plane home. But the only way I could get to the plane was for some vegans to give me a lift to the airport. So I had to pretend to be uh, the high was. <laughs> I had to pretend to, pretend to be a vegan. Pardon? Did you, did you know I'm vegan? Yes, I do, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been vegan for 13 years. Animal rights people are very interesting. Yeah. Odd lot. I, uh, uh, just, I, I, really, I don't like taking the piss out of them. I do at vegan gigs. Yeah. I do vegan gigs. It's brilliant because you can go, so, right, what, what do you want to eat? What would you really want to eat? And they go, oh, uh, prawns, Guinness, you know, it's, um, you know, can we eat, you know, and then the, you know, the, the elephant in the room is, can we eat human flesh? Yeah. <laughs> yes is the answer, as long as it's corn fed and free range. <laughs> Well, we all have a cut-off point somewhere. That's the thing we do. So most, well, some people don't. Some people do eat human beings. I can't believe you've raised that in the comments. <laughs> well, we're gonna uh, we call back, wasn't it, for the end? It was. Yeah. <laughs> in Edinburgh, you got to do that, haven't you? Remember that thing I said at the beginning? Yeah, that again. <laughs> well, look, we're going to take a little break from talking to Andrew because you've been so interesting. We have to get someone amusing on. Uh, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you've been very, you've been I think if I if I I'm gonna do this from now, I'm gonna score I think eight on interesting. Yeah. Could have been a bit more interesting. <laughs> Six and a half funny. So uh, well, that's, which is so far the that's that's high. That is high. That's, that's, that's a B grade at A level. So uh, <laughs> with the remarking that could go up to <laughs> So uh, if you could put your mic mic back in there and get out of the way then that'll and I can introduce uh, uh, will you please welcome? Uh, coming back. Go see a show. We'll get the time of that later on. Uh, I'm, I'm giving five minute spots to lots of brilliant up and coming and some more established comedians. And this, uh, if you follow this person, you're so funny on Facebook that you got. Can people follow you on Facebook? Do you do those on Twitter as well? Yeah. Yeah. Must follow on Twitter. And will you please welcome the amazing Juliet Mayers, Myers, Myers. <laughs> Okay? Good. 
quick question before I begin. Do you, do you ever walk in somewhere, a bar, what you actually want to do is use the toilet, but to make it less obvious, you involve yourself in what's going on in the rest of the place. Do you ever do that? That's what I'm doing here. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Not true, I'm a comedian. I do apologise, because yesterday it was hot, wasn't it? And today it's wet, and for the purposes of people listening in, uh, kind of, I've got a bit of a Hawaiian shirt, but very frizzy hat. I look very Jews on a cruise. <laughs> Is that fair to say? I, think, I love the phrase Jews on a cruise. To me, it sounds like it should be the sequel to Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I am Jewish. It's, it's weird because like, people do come out with these odd things. I had a friend staying with me recently, and he was like, Jews control the media. Do you think that's fair that Jews control the media? If Jews control the media, they control the world. Eventually I was like, if you want remote control, ask. <laughs> Just that simple. But uh, oh, it's my favourite show tonight, uh, today on the radio. I don't know if you listen to radio full much. Gee, I love Gardener's Question Time. Oh, some of you not sure about it. I have to for those of you that don't know the format, it always seems to come from some quaint little patchwork wearing place called something like Craggy Wankthorpe. <laughs> <laughs> and they always kind of go, oh, welcome to the lovely gardening town of Craggy Wankthorpe. Uh, with our gardening panels. Anyone have a question for the gardening panel? And eventually someone will go, Margaret Fortescue, 98, maiden name Forbes. <laughs> and they'll be like, brilliant, do you have a question for the gardening panel, Margaret? And she'll be like, I'll be 99 next year. <laughs> and they go, maybe. <laughs> and they'll be like, sorry, time's sticking on. She'll be like, I live in the colonial house. And they'll be like, good, but do you have a question for the gardening panel? And eventually Margaret will go, we have slugs. We don't like the slugs. We don't want the slugs. The slugs will not go away. The slugs are not welcome. And the whole time she's talking, I'm thinking, I know you're saying slugs, but it sounds like you mean immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> you know she does. But uh, Andrew there, talking about being a vegan. I used to be a vegan. Uh, it was weird. I, I, I'm not a vegan anymore, I've got to confess, but I told an audience of people years ago I was a vegan, and this man at the back in Manchester went, bit chubby for a vegan. <laughs> uh, what made it worse, this woman down the front put a hand up to stick up for me. She went, you're fine. And I lent him with the microphone, so I thought he'd say something even nicer. And she went, you just shouldn't wear that top. <laughs> this top that I've got on today, I had to put it on because uh, it was uh, the only thing that was dry. Do you ever put on a big wash and nothing's properly dry? Do you ever do that? I love a big wash. Starts off small. Sheets, towels, hoodies, then after a bit becomes a quest to see what other bits of shit you can find. Do you ever do that? <laughs> I love a big wash. My favourite bits, you know the bit when you're pulling it all out past that big rubber ringy bit? Do you ever pretend you're delivering a baby calf? <laughs> And you're like pulling and pulling, and this voice in your head goes, We need hot towels! And you're like, They're at the back. <laughs> you just keep. It's done that, haven't you? It's brilliant. You just keep pulling, and eventually it breaks, and you're like, Oh, the calf's dead. <laughs> Sad for me. Sad for me, no room for pets in London. It's alright this time of year because apricots are in season and they're quite furry on the outside. <laughs> so you can hold them in your hand, close your eyes, pretend you've got a hamster. <laughs> that's my top tip. Anyway, I think that's my time. Come and see my show at Stand 2 at midday. It's called Juliette Myers, raised by Fridge Magnets. You've been a joy. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you.
thing about which it was Mayer, Myers or Mayers, and then I kind of got confused. And I knew it was Mike Myers. Mike Myers. That's how I was going to remember it. It was either Daniel Mayer or Mike Myers. But then I got confused in my head. Did you notice? Yes. I think I covered it quite well. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back in. We're back in. That's a, like a little director's commentary. I was annoyed at the time, but I don't think anyone noticed my mistake. Uh, let's sit down for a sec, actually, because we've got a couple of minutes. Uh, do you think that now the Olympics uh, that in Britain, Great Britain and UK mm. and Northern Ireland mm. have won so many medals and from such a multicultural background that the people of Sutton will now embrace the multicultural nature of the United Kingdom. No. <laughs> That's that one sort of I think we'll go, GB, we're the best, and the white ones are even better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking come on, have it. Where was Poon? Someone on Twitter, I can't remember, so I apologise, but put the two clips of the Daily Mail saying beforehand that there's that article guy going, oh, there's opening ceremony with the, <laughs> the black and the white people living together in perfect harmony in a fantasy situation that never happens. And then they're talking about uh, Ennis's parents who are a mixed race couple <laughs> and they're saying how wonderful this is. So within two weeks, you know, within 10 days already, the Daily Mail has done a, has turned on a sixpence. And now, the Daily now Mail though, will say absolutely <laughs> anything they need to get hits on their website. <laughs> you know that thing you all believe? We believe the opposite. Come on, liberals, click, give us advertising revenue. <laughs> the biggest newspaper website in the world yeah. because idiots like us tweet about it and go I can't believe they've said that and they go <laughs> they can't believe we've said it we're in the money it's true right we're going to do competition now competition. so you've got a chance to win what would Judas do uh, it's called Mr Barlett and Mr Willis this is really good from uh, Kevin Eldon and Simon Munnery Simon Munnery's on at the stand after me which is I think he starts at about uh, let's say half past three, quarter to four, something like that. Come down and see him, he's a future guest. Collins and Herring, what do you remember them? Collins and Herring. <laughs> do you remember one of them? I mean, the Hustle book, the Edinburgh book, Andrew Collins audio book. Look! Okay, that has picture interest, doesn't it? Actual money you can win if you come down. So do come down live and see these uh, at the stand uh, every day at 2.15. Uh, so we'll make some statements to the right with We need you to stand up. Everyone stand up on their two feet. Uh, if you think the statement we make is true, put your hands on your head. If you think it's false, put your hand on your bottom. If you get it wrong, you have to sit down. If you get them all right, you get to stay in and you win. Uh, so I was just backstage um, uh, on the BBC News site and uh, while well, Julie was on and the sad news has come through that uh, the newsreader, Kenneth Kendall, has uh, <laughs> died sadly died. Is that true or false? Oh, people don't think he, think he seems to think he's immortal. That, that is false. I do that one every day, Andrew. <laughs> it's just to weed out the people who uh, don't come every day. That's my work. Or hand it off gullible. <laughs> He'll die one day, though, and then I'm going to clean up. I'll get all the prizes. <laughs> they go to me. Have you got a statement of truth or false? Anything? Uh, I was born in 1979. True or false? True or false. Wow, well, a lot of people gone for true. Oh, someone working, look at she's counting the rings. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll face the other way. What is the answer to your question? That is true. It is true. Yeah. So sit down and said false. Didn't get rid, rid of many, many, no? many uh, rid of many there. Um, I was born. If, if that had been in a venue that serves alcohol. Yeah. They would have all got it wrong. <laughs> I'm clearly underage. Uh, I was born in the East Riding of Yorkshire. Is that true or false? 
That is true. So sit down and accept calls. Hocklington, Westo, Westo Hospital, I'm pointing. Um, Got anything? Yeah. Uh, the best Doctor Who <laughs> <laughs> is Tom Baker. In true or <laughs> 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 We take whatever answer you give is the correct answer. That is true. That is true. Fucking unbelievable. They don't deserve the prize. <laughs> Simon Munry, who's on next, is a qualified vet, but has gone into comedy. Is that true or false? <coughs> so false. As far as I know. He had his hand up for an animal backstage last night. Uh, Simon Munnery, uh, the comic on after us, is a Vietnam vet. <laughs> that true or false? Uh, doesn't seem to have weeded it out. <laughs> Unless it's true, in which case, again, you won. Uh, that's false. That is false. Thank you for that. Um, uh, I. Um, they, you can buy candy floss uh, on the meadows uh, for £2.50 in the entrance of the meadows of candy floss every day if you go when it's not raining. You can buy candy floss for £2.50 at the entrance of the meadows. True or false? Has everyone gone for true? You gone for true there? It's false. It's, it's, uh, it's £2. You can all stay in. You all stay in. You ate all the pies. You ate all the pies. <laughs> you fat bastard. You fat bastard. You ate all the pies. True or false? <laughs> <laughs> Most people have gone for truth. That is false. That is false. <laughs> you, know, you clearly didn't. You didn't do that. So sit down and sit true. I'm amazed that did manage to get rid of something. We've got, we got two, two people left in. Um, is that you still in there? I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Dark out there. Are you think we Jimmy Cranky? <laughs> three people left in. I think they're, I can't see you right back. You, I think they're all ladies, but that might be a, a man. You're a lady. You know, when you've got Andrew O'Neill in the room, you can never be sure. Um, so uh, I'm going to do a, uh, a, a thing you have to give an answer to numerically, all three of you, the closest one uh, will win to that, but I haven't thought of anything yet. Um, have you got a numerical answer? Uh, I think I swimming. I usually ask about my swimming, how many lengths I've swum. Well, how about how, how exactly how tall is Richard Herring? Wow, okay. To the nearest you know? inch. Okay, to, the, near, know, to the nearest, centi nearest centimetre. How tall wow. do you think I am? That's a centimetre. I can do it in inches. Okay, do it in inches. Uh, five foot seven. Okay. Who's next? Five six. Five six. Just for scale, I am five foot five. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Adam? <laughs> Five foot seven is the quote. I'm five foot seven and a half ish, so that you have won there, Madam. Fantastic. <laughs> 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 you. That's a really good selection of What's a guess? I'll do guess the weight tomorrow. Uh, so, oh God, how, many, how many smarties are there inside me? I'm going to do <laughs> What's your name, Madam? Sarah. Sarah, congratulations. That's 20, there's actually 20 pounds there. <laughs> 
That's fantastic. We actually got four minutes left. Do you want to chat a bit more? Yeah. Like coming, we got through it quite quick. Uh, what's going on? What have you seen? Anything good? I saw Toby Haydoke's show, uh, My Stepson Stole My Sonic Screwdriver. Oh, yeah, how's that? It's absolutely delightful. You like Doctor Who, don't you? I, I like Got Tom yeah. Baker's the best one. He's the best one, that's a fact. Um, uh, and, uh, Which saw... Doctor Who monster? No, he's fully qualified. <laughs> <laughs> that's very funny. You are wrong. <laughs> Which Doctor? Which Doctor? No, Which, Doctor? <laughs> Which Doctor Who monster? Which Doctor Who monster or they alien? Tell me they were really smart. They're really yeah. smart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're really clever. He said they're all like they they're all like podcasts and that. They'll get puns, everything. They're so clever that puns <laughs> go under their radar. Um, which Doctor Who creature, alien creature, would you most like to have sex with if you could have sex with any of them? It's a difficult question. Have you got an answer, Paul? Um, I no. can't remember the name of the creature. It's the, the one from the Hand of Fear. There's a really sexy woman that's kind of made out of rocks. She's really hot. That's it. Yeah, I remember that one. I like. Do you know the one that quite recently? Um, well, it might be that recent. She was. I've been to the Doctor Who exhibit in, mm. in Cardiff, uh, and uh, there's that kind of lizard race that lived underneath the ground. Someone yeah. will know the answers. Solurian. Someone will know the answers. Silurian. Silurian. So you know the answers. You mentioned on your television show many movies. Did I? Are they? Are they, are they, are they, are they so when not? You, uh, you remember that thing you did, the, the pushing pushing your fingers into your eyes? Yeah. It looks like the beginning of the Doctor Who. And you go, <laughs> look, oh look, Stuart, the Silurians. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I thought, oh, I wonder if they're Doctor Who fans. <laughs> then I came to see you doing some work in progress material, yeah. and I tried, and you did a King of the Show thing. And, uh, and it was, what, why, do you, why do you deserve to be king of the show? And I said, because I have hidden powers. And they went, oh, what are your hidden powers? And I said, I can't tell you they're hidden. And, <laughs> and what happened is the whole audience laughed. And then Stuart Lee and Richard Herring decided that they needed to be the funniest ones. <laughs> and I was stealing their thunder. And they were really horrible to me. <laughs> as a teen, I was a young teenager. I got it on my own because none of my friends were organised it. And they were just consistently unfair. <laughs> what did we do? Oh, I know, you were just Sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, what would happen is you would take the piss, and then Stuart would take the piss out of you for it. But no, yeah. Stuart was fully behind me. <laughs> <laughs> we used to make people eat golden grahams with. When we went to Norwich, we made people eat golden grahams with mustard on them. <laughs> that's the national dish of Norwich. We, we, we change it every time. I'm sure when we were in Scotland, we just put whiskey on some golden grahams. We were obsessed with golden grapes. Oh, that's I didn't remember. I don't. I kind of vaguely remember that. That's a very funny thing to say. I'm sorry. We were, we were sorry. I'd have done the same thing. I think. No, I, don't I hate it when my audience is amusing. <laughs> <laughs> um, which uh, which Doctor Who monster would you have sex with? <laughs> Come on! You've, everyone's thought about this. What animal would you have sex with if you could have sex with any animal? If there, if there was, if there was like just a moratorium, everyone said, look, today we can all go out and fucking one animal. As long as it's just one, you won't get into any trouble. Which animal would you fuck? As an Aberdeen fan, I might a sheep. A sheep? As an Aberdeen fan, you'd fuck a sheep. <laughs> Is there a reason for that, or just because they're all? No, we're always accused of it. Anyway. You're always accused of it. I like that. I keep forgetting its name, but there's one that's got like um, it's like a zebra, but it's different kind of like a llama crossed with a zebra. It's got like legs that are very like a woman wearing kind of zebra is pants. Is it or is it? No, this is <laughs> I can't. Remember. I, I want to say Z, I want to say zebu, but I don't think it is a zebu. If you read my blog, you can find out which animal yeah, I'd like to have. Because it looks like a lady's legs hind quarters, and she's wearing like sexy kind of zebra pants. Cats are quite sexy, aren't they? Cats look no. like Marilyn Monroe, don't they? You look at the hind legs of a cat. David Baddiel has been sucked off by a cat. <laughs> well, he claims he hadn't, but he said, he, said he, he said he thought about putting Marmite on the end of his cock so that he could uh, get his cat to lick it. Then he said he, did the, he didn't do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> a cat's got those little kind of, it's got little hooks on its 
tongue, isn't it? it? Could be nice, could be nasty. What do you think? What do you, what do you think? <laughs> what? What's wrong with you? I'm just trying to join in for the bit tonight. What the fuck is wrong with what's you? Wrong? <laughs> but, you know, it'd be nice on the old helmet of your cock. <laughs> a cat licking it. Can, honestly, love Marmite. If you want to give it a crack, my cat loves Marmite. I can put it anywhere. I'd like to point out that my show is called Andrew Neal's Easily Distracted. <laughs> Richard's show is called Talking Cock. <laughs> yeah. I've done a very good job of illustrating those what time, what time is your show on? I'm on at 10.45 uh, at the Pleasance Courtyard. Andrew Neal's Easily dis- Distracted. And I'm also doing a show with one of the other guys in my band uh, called Andrew Neal and Mark Burroughs do comedy and music and hideous murders. And that is on at 7.15 at uh, Cameron's Gate. That's free. Brilliant. I mean, I've seen your distracted show and it is excellent. Thank you very much. I saw much. it in preview. So do go and see him. Please go and see uh, Juliet as well. And everyone else we mentioned, do come to the shows. Uh, do buy some DVDs if you're at home. Uh, and, uh, stick and around and watch Simon Munnery. Yeah, do stick he around and watch Simon Munnery. He's my favourite comedian in the world. He's got loads of props this year. I've seen the show this year. No, I haven't seen the show, but backstage it looks amazing. Uh, <laughs> uh, he probably won't ask you if you'd like what animal you'd like to have sex with. That will almost certainly not happen, but I can't guarantee that. So will you please give it up for my guests today, who've been Andrew O'Neill and Juliet Mike Myers. <laughs> I can't remember who's on tomorrow, but they're good, whoever they are. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming.